Welcome back to episode three of the Thoughtful Thursday podcast. And today we are in our third installment of uh, during this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting series. And the topic today is enduring well. And uh, in the spirit of talking about enduring well and getting through things, I thought we could start off today by maybe talking about times in our lives where we failed. Yes, please. So let's hear them. Cammy, why don't you go first? No, I'm not going first. <laughs> You're not going first? No. There's a lot of stories. Nick, what do you got? Oh, man. Uh, I actually have been really struggling thinking about this. Uh, okay, so here's a great story of where I failed. And I there's a part of me that is excited to share this story and a part of me that is a little bit terrified, to be honest. Um, I'm going to turn my chair because my neck hurt last podcast Oh, okay. and I felt weird about shifting my chair. So I'm just going to do it now. So <sighs> this is a story of how I failed as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> as you guys uh, may or may not know. Is this like getting serious? <laughs> I feel like we need underscore music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Mike, you're not close to any of the buttons that you could, uh, uh, add in some sound effects, mm-hmm. but so, uh, Mike has got into smoking a few years ago and, and meats, by the way, smoking meats. Yes. <laughs> not what? And where is this going? <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. I didn't even think of that. I have a innocent heart apparently <laughs> oh, got into smoking meats, uh, uh, a few years ago and yeah. and slowly drew me in because that's what I do <laughs> that's what he does and that's what I do is we obsess over things and uh, just enjoy our our habits and hobbies and and things of that nature so uh, I got a smoker and um, it was getting close to Thanksgiving time and and we were talking about you know how to smoke a turkey and you know how to do all that as we lead up to Thanksgiving and and Mike incredibly graciously, uh, offered to smoke a turkey for us as a staff and just kind of have a, a meal together at one of our normal kind of meeting times. And and it was great. It was a very good turkey. And it was really good. It, it was legitimately good. I'm not <laughs> I'm not making a joke about how good it was. You know those times where you just put your foot in your mouth so hard that you're just choking on it? Um, yeah, I had one of those moments because I was talking about you know, the turkey. I, I don't know. I remember the story. What? <laughs> you, you want, want me finish? to tell it? I struggle sometimes with what happens in my head versus what actually comes out of my mouth. Bit. I essentially said that I had had at least five turkeys better than Mike's, but that's not what I meant to say. That's that, not what I intended to say. That is not say. what you said at all, actually. Yes. <laughs> we were in Jason's office, and Jason's like, I don't even like turkey. I don't like turkey, and I love that turkey. Best turkey I've ever had. I'm like, oh, thanks, Jay. Nick's like, well, I mean, like, I've made five better turkeys at least. (laughs) And we're all just like, cool. (laughs) It's not what I meant to say. Uh, Came out wrong. What did you mean to say? You know, I came up with something really good on the spot uh, during that time. Um, I, I think what I truly meant to say was, you can make good turkeys consistently and it doesn't always have to be a bad experience because I know that there, that <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. No, that's, that's just made up. <laughs> Let's be honest. Most people don't like Turkey. 
Like I feel like more people say they don't like turkey than people who like turkey because it's it's dry. Yeah. You know, it's you know, doesn't taste good, it's flavorless. And I was trying to communicate like, hey, you know, but that's obviously not what came out of my mouth. <laughs> not even close. Oh my goodness. And by the way, that was I don't know, how long ago was that? Two years ago? At least. Two Thanksgivings ago. Mm-hmm. And that still comes up. Oh yes, at least weekly. That is uh, <laughs> at least once a week. I will be reliving that moment for the rest of my time here at New York. Anytime someone says, "Oh, that's a good burger," like, "Well, I've had five better." <laughs> so I'm sorry I filled you as a friend. It's okay. You actually did me a favor because you gave me something to make fun of you over for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, that's not super difficult for me. <laughs> Cammie, what do you got? Uh, I didn't want to go first because I have too many and I don't know how to narrow it down, but I'll just go with parenting. Share I've a had, couple. I've had so many parenting fails um, over the years. So I don't know, like my kid had a broken arm for a week before I finally <laughs> listened. Same kid also had malaria for a week or two before I actually listened. That's a big one. That was a pretty big one. Um, Wyatt, when Just he was that little. that that kills people. <laughs> that thing. I know. You'll be fine. Sleep oh it off. Oh, my goodness. When Wyatt was little, like, every time we wanted to take a picture of him, like, his one eye would be almost shut. We would be like, open your eyes. And so his pictures all look like this. <laughs> and we didn't realize he actually needed glasses. So that was years we lived with that. Um, I threw a chair against the wall once because I was mad at the boys. Like Raging I have gammy. so many. <laughs> was it just like a, I got to get your attention and nothing's working? No, I was mad. Well, I know that. But like, <laughs> I don't know. In, sometimes just a shock and awe. In my rage, you know, you'll do something because it's like I'm yelling at them. It's not getting their attention really. And it's like I need to do something extreme to draw attention i ha- i don't really remember it was just rage you just saw just red. kind of black yeah. blacked out there for a second <laughs> that's a story that comes up every week in my house okay nice yeah and it gets worse each time it's told <laughs> you threw a chair at me i did not throw a chair at you blew a hole right through the wall <laughs> i don't know yeah there's too many <laughs> yeah it's it's a long list um i have some parenting failures one that comes I'm often reminded of by this group is uh, one of my daughters. We were playing soccer, and I was trying to teach her some things, and she wasn't listening very well. And uh, so I had her bring me a soccer ball, her soccer ball, to which I basically drop kicked about four (laughs) soccer fields away and said, all right, now go get your ball and come back and listen. Uh, That was one I wasn't super proud of. Most, A lot of my failures are things I say. I say dumb things sometimes, and I'm like, why – like this is going to sound mean, but like my wife is typically the one that says hilarious things. Like, are, am I right? Oh no, like, I'm absolutely. Not. That's, that's, Mickey and I are sevens on the Enneagram yeah, so and we like, connect over. She'll saying say ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. things. She mispronounces words. She shortens words on purpose. So one time we were at the zoo. I don't think I've told you guys this and I'm a little nervous <laughs> to tell you this. One time we were at the zoo and we were looking at the flamingos and I just had this brain fart of a moment where I'm like, <laughs> Do flamingos have two legs? <laughs> like, and like as soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like, you really said that out loud. You didn't yeah. just think that. No, I turned to Mickey. I was like, "Flamingos have two legs, right?" Like <laughs> she was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I was like, "No, why did I say that?" So yeah, I, it's it's a long list of saying stupid things. I've said stupid things while preaching, 
that always are recorded. <laughs> yeah. Jason reminds me of them. Yeah. We love that about you, though. You know? Yeah. You're good at so many other things. It's, it's endearing, I guess. It's really fun <laughs> to be able to rub something in your yeah. face. Okay. Well, I, I think that was fun. Thanks for doing that. Again, Mike, sorry for being a bad friend. So we could we could actually do a whole episode on <laughs> just failures. Go keeps keep going around. Yeah, nonstop. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll save that for a future episode because there's a couple from your your youth pastor days that I'd love oh, to man. be able to get out of you because they're <laughs> they're gems. They're absolute gems. I've got a few of those. Might be why I'm not a youth pastor anymore. <laughs> Well, Kimmy, you want to get us launched into today? Yeah. So we are, what day are we on? We're a little past halfway. It'll be day 11. It's day 11 on okay. Thursday. Okay. So. so yeah, a little past halfway. So anyway, we're super excited about that. So today we're talking about what does it look like to endure well? Um, and so I just am going to start off by reading the scripture that we've been reading each week. Um, I have it in the message version, which I know that's a loose translation, but I just kind of like the wording um, that it used. And sometimes when you read the same scripture over and over, it's helpful to hear it in a different way. So um, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. It says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and I'm in in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Um, So anyway, yeah, I just like that wording, especially in that last part, just that vision of, you know, I don't want to be lazy. I'm going to give it everything I have. I don't want to be napping and sitting here doing a podcast telling everyone, oh, yeah, this is what you should do. And then not even doing it myself. So, yeah. So I I like that Paul confirms, you know, what I've always felt is there's one winner. You don't get a participation (laughs) award. (laughs) So run to win. And sometimes you lose. Yeah. I feel like in this, though, we're all running our own race. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody could get first. (laughs) I'm the only runner in this race. I mean, I've never won a a race before, so (laughs) if there's any... That's no surprise to anyone. I mean, I'm sure. I've never won a race. I mean, you've made I've five ran. better. You've made five better turkeys. I, I've ran five better races. I'm just going to be honest with everybody. Uh, I pretty much should be in the Olympics. Anyway, so we're just talking about this idea of enduring well. And so I thought, well, we should figure out what endure means. Like, what does that word mean? So endure means to suffer something painful or difficult patiently. So suffer patiently through that to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding, even though it's difficult, we must endure. Um, So I just thought we would talk about maybe some examples in the Bible of people who have endured well through so much suffering. Um, So yeah, just kind of rapid fire some ideas of Mm. what we can, who we can think of in the Bible. Yeah. I think uh, instantly comes to mind Job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, suffered a lot endured that's a a book of the bible that i find myself i i always come back to it through sometime in the year i I read back through it and it's such a a challenge and yet encouragement to me of um 
Yeah, even having your, after everything that happened to Job, having his wife tell him, you know, curse God and die, and he, you know, decides to to be real and honest, but also to worship. Mm -hmm. And I love that Job was able to say the things he was actually feeling. It wasn't just like, oh, God's good. It's like, I'm really suffering right now, and and this hurts. One for me is Joseph. Um, I think his story arc is so interesting of, you know, almost being killed, sold into slavery, you know, uh, finds a, you know, a, a place of leadership and then loses it and then finds a place of leadership. It's such an up and down story uh, that I, I think I can relate to at times of <clears throat> struggling and, you know, God showing up and you feeling like you're getting back on your feet and then you're struggling again. And sometimes it's, you know, my own doing. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's my own doing. Yeah. Yeah. But for him, it wasn't. And sure. just to like, I just read recently, he was probably in jail almost seven years. Mm. And just to be waiting, even though God had promised, like, you know, these things are yep. going to come to pass. And yeah, I don't know how to endure for seven years in jail when you still haven't seen that promise. Like, that would be. That's always the fascinating thing to me with scripture. Like, our our sense of time is just so off. Yeah. And, you know, with a lot of these, it's 40 years or yep. seven years or these long periods of time where I know myself and I, like you said, just sitting there for seven years, be like, really? Mm-hmm. Like maybe a month. Yeah. <laughs> like Noah, like how long did it take him to build the ark? Right. It, I don't remember the specific years, but it's, yeah, I don't have that. I've seen amount right of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine dealing with ridicule. And, yes. The yeah. whole time it yep. had never, like, I, I don't think they had seen rain at that point. I could be wrong. Um, but just to deal with all the people like, what are you doing for years and years and years? Yeah. Oh, it's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Keep it up, buddy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I think uh, another one would be Abraham. Again, that timeline promise of you're going to be the father of this generation of people, of mm-hmm. you know these nations still not having a child, still not having a child, still not having a mm-hmm. child, you know, and now 90s, 90 years old. It's like, okay. I, I don't know. It's just like, that's a long time yeah. to, again, endure mm-hmm. waiting for something to be fulfilled. Not that he was necessarily enduring physical pain or anything like that, but sometimes that waiting game can be one of the most difficult yeah, things to I'm, endure. I'm not a good no, waiter. me neither. Yeah, me neither. I mean, we're on day 11 and we're like, okay, God, like, why aren't you answering some of these yeah. prayers? Okay, I'm speaking for myself yeah. sure. there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you put that on me. Yeah. No. He answered all mine. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually done. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else on my list. Um, I love Daniel. Just the uh, we could talk a lot about his life, but specifically the most popular story is of course when he was thrown into the lion's den. And um just a devotion I read a while ago was just talking about um what could have been what seemed like the worst moment in his life was actually when God got the most glory out of what he had to endure. And, um, like we can look at all these examples and that's true. Like God gets the glory when we endure through all of these Mm -hmm. sufferings. And so I just love his story. Yeah. Well, I think all those, that people group, I mean, the children of Israel, when you talk about endurance, like that was their whole life. Like that was their existence was, 
you know, we're overtaken by this people group and we're displaced and we're waiting to get back to our land and we get back to our land. And then it's, you know, the Babylonians show up and now, you know, Daniel's being shipped off, raised in a different culture. And, you know, people are brought to Babylon and the Babylonians set up camp in their land. And it's just like, that was their, their whole deal. Like, if they would just obey like we do all the time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like it wasn't even necessarily like, yeah, they, they disobeyed and yeah. did some dumb stuff. Again, we're not exempt from that at all. Yeah. But yet still being these promised people, mm-hmm. like the chosen people, it's just an interesting people group for sure. Yeah. So transitioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what that just reminded me, um, Mike's going to read a passage in Hebrews, but, um, and we're going to connect together, like why we talked about different failures at the beginning mm-hmm. and, um, and just seeing that these people, um, endured so much suffering and so many years of it and they had lots of failures throughout that time i'm sure i mean we can even abraham did and and different people um but just looking at these people as um to give us hope Mm -hmm. that we can endure this um there is you know something on the other side that goal that prize that we're we're running towards um but we just thought it was it reminded of us of this passage in hebrews so yeah i the you mentioned these people we look at as examples, them having failures themselves. I mean, yep. Abraham tried to fulfill the promise in his own way, and it yep. created a lot of division for his yeah. people. There were some natural consequences, yet in the book of Hebrews, Abraham's listed in you know this passage that talks about these heroes of faith. Yeah, I mean, all of these, you know, so many of these just had mistakes in their lives. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't perfect, and that's not the point. And and that leads us to what we are talking about is there's a difference between failure and failing to endure. And oftentimes, and I we've mentioned it before, but we we become our last mistake. Yeah. And that we will let that just define who we are as a person. And, you know, using Abraham as an example, he probably never forgot his mistake. Mm-hmm. It was it lived with him. It was a son <laughs> that yep. was not meant to be born the way that it was. Um, and then seeing how that relationship between the two boys unfolded, like just living with that. But Paul in Hebrews, um, you know, he, he uses these analogies a lot, but there was another one that we were talking about the last couple of days that we wanted to read, but in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Just such a powerful 
example of endurance and the simplicity of what it takes to endure, especially in our faith, how simple that is, but how life-giving it can be and how often we don't do it. Yeah. Like, and Nick, I know you were kind of joking, but like, well, my race is unique. It is unique. I mean, he's, there is a general race that's been laid out before us as followers of Jesus. Yeah. But your race is going to look a little bit different than my race. And um, simply put, he just says the way to endure is to look at how Jesus endured. Just yeah. look at him as an example. Learn from his example. Be inspired by his example that he was willing to endure that hostility from sinful people. And that sounds like such a a bad statement. Um, you know, it was a sinful people. I think he might be trying to remind us like these sinful people, the people that he was dying for. Yeah. Like how difficult that must have been and how painful that must have been to know these are the people I came for. These are the people I love. These are the people I'm dying for. And they're the ones killing me. Yeah. Um, and just to see how he endured that. And then he simply says, then you're not going to become weary and you won't give up. Yeah. Um, we've been using the race analogy, you know, the whole the whole way through. Um, maybe you're growing tired of it, but it we just think it falls in line with what we're talking about here. Um, in in endurance races, and I don't know, I, I don't know if this applies to like marathon distance and under. Probably does, but there's a designation that you can receive that is like the thing that runners do not want to have next to their name. And that is the letters DNF did not finish. And you know, there's a, there's a website and we were talking about this yesterday, but there's a website where you sign up for these races at ultra signup.com and any race I've signed up for and run, it has the finish time, you know, the place you got all of those things. But as you look, you know, it'll sometimes just say DNF did not finish. And it's, you know, it's kind of joked about in the ultra world, like, oh, I've, you know, I'm the king of DNFs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a guy a couple weeks ago talk about DNFs in a race and how he's essentially saying, like, they're not the worst thing in the world because you do learn from them and apply things into your next races. Nobody likes to DNF, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It sometimes failures are like these dnfs i think where they just feel so final and they it just feels complete but that's not the end um and even in the middle of a an ultra long distance race the reality is is you want to quit yeah you just do um it's a different place for everybody depending on you know your fitness level or depending on did you have you not taken enough water? Are your electrolytes off? Are you not eating enough food while you run? That can happen a lot sooner. Sometimes it happens around mile forty. Sometimes it happens around mile sixty. For a lot of people, it's like on a hundred mile race, it's mile eighty, and you just have this moment where you're like, "Why am? What am I doing? Like, why am I here? I don't want to do this anymore." Um, and keeping focus on what it is you're trying to accomplish and sometimes you need other people to help you see that too sure um, that's a big part of it. it it sounds really stupid and my wife thinks i'm really stupid 
but literally the reason I want to run a hundred mile race because I want a belt buckle. You get a belt buckle when you finish a hundred mile race, like a legit belt buckle. I don't even wear belt buckles, but I want a belt buckle. If you wear it, we're going to make fun of oh, you. Oh, I will wear it. You can make fun of me oh, all you I want. I can't wait. Because I be earned awesome. that belt buckle. I have five better belt buckles. I will tuck my shirt in. Okay. I will do the whole thing. I'll wear a hat. I'm going to get a heavyweight. <laughs> so like for me, as silly as it sounds, like I'm already prepping for those moments where I want to quit, but just going like. You gotta get a belt buckle. Yep. You gotta get a belt buckle. Yep. Um, and so you're going to have times in your faith race where you want to quit. And like you may think you're super mature in your faith, and you will still have those moments. Yeah. Like I have I have those moments. Yep. Where I'm like, what what am I doing? Like Am I actually helping anybody? Am I, you know, I'm not a good enough pastor. You know, I, it's all these things. And you're like, why? Why? I just, I, mean, I don't want to, I maybe I don't want to take another step. And then reality kind of sinks in. You clear your vision. You remember why you actually do what you do, why you're running the race you're running and who you're actually running to. Mm-hmm. And you just, keep stepping forward through your own through your own failures yeah i know that's pretty rambly but no and i think that all of that you know look through the lens of fasting is is huge for us mm-hmm. right because we we were talking about this idea of so often we feel that um failure is final and this is just not true mm-hmm. um we we see that with jesus on the cross and and rising again on the third day, it's, you know, no failure according to the world tides is not final. And, you know, through that death and resurrection, we have the ability to, you know, get back up and keep on going and and endure through it. Something that's a really kind of hot topic for me. I get a little fired up about is how adverse we are to pain in general, like physically and every other facet of life, emotionally, spiritually, like we just don't want pain. But, like, you have to have it. <laughs> like, it has to be there. That's and my core fear as a Enneagram 7 is to experience <laughs> pain and suffering. I mean, any any fitness endeavor, like, you, you need to experience pain. And it's one of the reasons, again, just to give you a little peek behind the dark side of my brain, it's the reason I like to do what I do is, I'm, I don't say this as, like, a masochist, but, like, I want to experience that pain intentionally because I know that's where growth happens. Mm -hmm. That's where you learn things about yourself that maybe you didn't know before. That's where you feel like I, I went somewhere I never went to before in my mind and I didn't think I could do that, but you have to be willing to put yourself in those situations and allow those things to happen to you. I mean, I did one triathlon. I don't think I'll ever do another one because I hated it. But I, I was very undertrained for we a certain, it. yeah, I was very <laughs> undertrained for a certain part of it, the biking part, which I thought, oh, that, that'll be the easy part. You get wheels, you know, I did no riding on like a single track trail before that. Uh, I just did a, a bike machine and rode on the road. Well, riding on trails is very different. <laughs> I'm a larger individual halfway through the ride. I broke my bike. <laughs> 
and I was stuck in one gear. <laughs> the bike just gave up the ghost. Yeah, it gave just up. couldn't. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, so I was stuck in one gear for the last eight miles of the ride, which just blew my quads up. I mean, absolutely blew them up. And then I had to run. I took like one step and my body was like, you are not running. <laughs> and so, you know, then you have four miles of a trail run, run. Cause I literally would like jog three steps and my body would seize up. I mean, it was like, <laughs> Nope, the most not today. <laughs> painful thing. You know, people are just going by me and coming back and you know, it's the like super nice, like you're doing a good job, buddy. And you're like, <laughs> Screw you, man. <laughs> like, just, oh, look like, at the guy go. Literally was the third from last person across the finish line. Like they were taking stuff down. <laughs> that's how that's that's where we were, you know? And so it was like, but I was like, I am going to finish. I don't hey, care if everybody's you gone. You avoided the DNF. I don't care if everybody's gone. I don't care if I get an official DNF. <laughs> like I am going to that place. I don't care how long it takes me to get there. And in that, you you know, I look back and I go, wow, I really screwed some things up. I should have done this differently. I should have done this differently. But I also learned I could do this. And, you know, I, when I'm in a really dark place, here's some things I've, I did to pull myself out of it. And so it's just, it's such a bummer that people are so adverse to this. And I am, I am not saying like, man, you should really enjoy the pains of life. Losing somebody that you love is extremely painful and I'm not belittling that at all, but that's, that is where endurance grows and it's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to experience that discouragement, but being able to, on the other side of it, look back and go, okay, here's how I grew through that. Here's what I learned about myself. Here's, the things I, next time something like this happens, I, I want to avoid this or I want to do this. And it gives you an opportunity to fix your eyes on Jesus. Yep. It's even through, even when it's painful. So I, I think this is a great transition and it's something that we were kind of talking about and something that I, I, I don't think I've ever really taken time to think about, but of this question, like is breaking your fast a sin? Yeah. So, Kimmy, you haven't talked in a while. You want to start this conversation? Um, so, the opinion that we came up with. Yeah, all, all of us talked have been talking about these. Like, this isn't, we actually talk about this stuff and have really fun conversations beforehand. Um, I, personally, I don't think it's a sin if you break your fast. I think it depends. Like, if I tell God, I am promising you I'm not going to eat these things and like I make a promise to God, yeah. I think it depends on how you maybe word your commitment and maybe that's just being legalistic. But um, I, we couldn't really think of a time in the Bible when yeah. it called breaking a fast a sin. Um, and so like we, we really just want, we don't want you to be discouraged if you have broken your fast and uh, like any race, like you can continue on, just like you were talking about in your triathlon, like you didn't give up, you didn't allow all of these things that were happening to mm -hmm. stop you. Um, and you wish you would have finished 
differently, but you finished. And that's the whole point of the fast, I think. So not to give up, not to be discouraged. You are going to, we're going to share a little bit later, I think about um, at least myself, just some doubts that I've had even during this fast. Um, And so that's normal and natural, I think. So we just don't want you to live with that guilt and then be like, well, I screwed up and so I'm done. Yeah. We wanted to make sure we didn't communicate anything in such a way either. That was like, Oh, you, you cheated on your fast. So, you know, you, you basically sinned like that's, that's not, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, this is just true for me. Um, we use that language. I've used that language. Like I was tempted to cheat. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I use that language without maybe even thinking about what it actually communicates. Uh, even, like even to yourself. No, to yeah, yeah absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, we were talking about and I I really love that we talked about this the other day is just we don't need to we don't want to add another spiritual practice that causes us or anybody listening or our congregation to um to give them one more thing to be legalistic about mm-hmm. or to be pharisaical about to be, well, if you don't do it exactly this way, or if you're not doing the specific type of fast, then you're not, you're not good enough. You're not, um, holy enough. Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge part of just even talking about this question is, um, we don't want to make our faith a, a list of do's and don'ts, yeah. right? That's not a faith. That's, yeah. Yeah. Religion. Yeah. Religion, legalism. Empty religion. Empty religion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mike, anything else to, to add on to that one? No, I, I think I think that pretty much covers it. Again, we just we just didn't want to be in a place where people are unintentionally or intentionally, but like heaping shame and guilt upon themselves unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of our heart was we it's just not what this is about. Yeah. I, I had a great, uh, phone call last night with, a with a buddy of mine and, and he's doing the full fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he shared with me that, you know, on day eight that he, you know, couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just struggling in all these areas. And, um, he, he was just talking to me. He's, he's very into, health, fitness, very much like you, Mike, like you, you know what words like macros mean and, you know, amino acids and, Macro you know, and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> macaroni and cheese <laughs> with the chicken strips. Um, but just talking about, he knew what his, what was going on in his body yeah. because of him, him ab- abstaining from food and he knew how to fix it. And he, um, you know, he decided he had a meal and he, he was just sharing that he had a meal with his kids and then had to explain to his kids who he'd already told her was doing a fast mm-hmm. just like, and, um, you know, just shared, he was just mentally really struggling with all yeah. that. We had a great conversation, essentially what we just talked about right here. And, um, you know, he's, he's jumping back into it and, and going to continue. And one of the things he said, uh, that may resonate with, with someone listening. I know it resonated with me personally as he, he shared, you know, I, I went into this fast for God and yet 
you know, I'm sitting here relying on my own knowledge and my own power to get through it. Mm -hmm. And it just gave him this renewed, like, no, I like, I need to bring these things before God in a really heartfelt way, not just, okay, I'm going to throw something up and and hope it, you know, God hears it, but yeah, very intentional way. That's been a little bit of my experience because I've, I've had a, a couple times where honestly it wasn't even like, Oh, I'm going to have a meal or I'm super hungry, but you know, whether it's just out of like a habit and I've eaten something mm-hmm. and I, th- it's, it's been really good for me and really painful for me mm-hmm. to, it's like so much of my life is revolved around food. Yeah. Um, so much of my social life is revolved around food. Like it's, it's just, I enjoy food and it's been kind of like mentally painful. Like I constantly feel like I'm, my brain is turned on thinking about, you know, these things, but I've, I've also, that's been, that's been good because it's kept my mind and heart engaged with God yep. through that whole process. And even when, you know, I did have something to eat, it wasn't like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. It was like, God, will you, like, I, I need revealing why, like, this is a thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, what do I need to learn in this? And so, you know, like, your your friend had a renewed sense of, no, I need to rely on God for things I rely on myself on. Yep. Like, I, I think that's a, a painful thing to experience, not, you know in the scale of zero to 10 pain chart, it's, you know, not childbirth, but it's a, it's a painful thing to go through. But then if you go about addressing it the proper way, you'll experience really cool things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I think that's why I don't think it is a sin. And I think it's just can be a part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. And it builds like, okay, that was one thing you ate this food and then the next thing maybe something bigger maybe it's not even during the fast but something else and you like you learn from that and you yeah. build that dependency on god instead of your own strength in whatever situation um yeah. like there's a scripture um it's from galatians 5 and it says let me emphasize this as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the holy spirit living in you you will abandon the cravings of your self life when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him, the Holy Spirit, from living within you. And so it's like you have your flesh craves one thing and yeah. the Holy Spirit is craving another thing. And yeah. so we have this constant you know, turmoil and yeah. we learn to say no to the flesh mm-hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit, like we say yes to him. And so um, the more we do it, I hope the easier it gets or the more we hear from the Holy spirit and say, okay, no, I know that this is the choice that would allow him to work and not hinder him. So, and I don't know if we were just talking about this or if we talked about it before, but I'm, I'm really good at doing things like it. It doesn't take a ton of willpower for me to say I'm getting up at 4am and going to the gym. It's like a non-negotiable for me, but when it comes to don't do these things, I'm really bad. Mm. Like, I, I like what is that? You know what I mean? Like, 
and I, it's, I think it's that tension mm-hmm. of like, well, no, I want to do this. And the Holy Spirit says you should do this. And it's just that constant kind of figuring that out. And yeah, yeah I don't, that's a good question. Like, does it get easier? I don't, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think you learn to hear better. Right. And hopefully that would make it easier, but mm-hmm. maybe there's new cravings that come up that you don't see coming, you know, yeah. and you yeah. just, you're, you adapt mm-hmm. and then there's, you're still in that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I, I mean, I think it's a, it's just like maturing, right? You, yeah. You learn things. You don't know what you don't know until mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, learn it, you know it. And I, I feel like that, that applies to us spiritually as well. And the more that, you know, we mature and grow, like ob- we should get closer to God yeah. and, uh, you know, be closer in intimacy with him. The, the, as we grow in maturity spiritually, um, but I just, I feel like life, I, I've looked at people throughout my life and thought, and when I get there, I'm going to arrive yeah. and kind of, you know, it's kind of like climbing up to a plateau and you yeah. feel like, okay, once I get there, then it's just going to be, you know, smooth sailing. I get, you know, nice, even terrain and you realize, no, there's just the next thing. And God teaches us about ourselves. And, and the that's next- like, you see that in other facets of life, you Absolutely. know, when you're, when you're 20 years old and you don't have two nickels to rub together, you're like, oh, if I made what they made, mm-hmm. yep. I wouldn't have any financial worries. And then you do. And then you're like, well, if I made what they made. Yep, absolutely. I and then, so it's just like, we're just never content. Like That's it, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just always a thing. And that's spiritually, those, you know, those are revealed to us. Yeah. Hopefully. And, you know, we're able to take action on them. Uh, Kimmy, what should we do if we're faced with temptation or spiritual attack as, as we're in this fasting season? Cause we're at the halfway mark and yeah. you know, I know we've had different conversations of people within our church that are, you know, experiencing mm-hmm. yeah. spiritual attack. So absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost is just to recognize the authority that we have um, through God's spirit that lives in us. Like he, you know, Jesus gives us the authority over that temptation, over um, spiritual warfare. And so just to recognize that we are victorious, that uh, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Um, You know, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And so just to recognize that authority that we have over the enemy, um, but just to follow Jesus's example, when he was tempted, you know, when he fasted for 40 days, yep. how did he answer Satan every time? He said in a, in a devotion I read, it was like, it's the greatest comeback ever. Like, you know, when you wish you had a comeback yeah. and you think of it later. <laughs> like, yeah. And they said, this is the greatest comeback ever. It is, it is written. Every time he's quoted scripture. And so that's just like, I feel like that's so important just to quote scripture, say it out loud um, so that you hear it. The enemy hears it. It just, that's just one way to fight. Um, And so it's so important to be in the word. I wish I was really good at memorizing scripture. I am not. I really stink at it. Um, And so that's just an area that I know I need to work on and grow. um, And I need to be intentional about that. But just to be able to quote scripture, certainly pray. 
Um, you know, Jesus prayed continually. Even Jesus had to, you know, get alone by himself just with him and his father. So also just to follow that example. But one thing I also do is um, I get other people praying for me. Absolutely. Um, especially when you know this is spiritual warfare, the spiritual attack. Like um, I instantly get other people mm-hmm. on board praying for me. So. Yeah. yeah. It, what you said reminds me of a verse we read on Sunday in Romans 8. Uh, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give uh, life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Uh, therefore, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you. Now call him Abba, Father. For a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. I thought that was cool. That's really good. But it also says you have to share in his suffering. I was just going to say, and there's, I don't know if it's the same scripture, but there's another one that says you're also heir to his suffering. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And there's that pain thing again. But that, like, that should be a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. It really should. Kind of like what you were, you know, in a twisted way. It's not that you want pain or enjoy it, but we know, like, that's a privilege that we have. Yeah. One ultra runner I follow, he ends every post with smile or you're doing it wrong. And I was... Uh, I messaged him on Instagram and he's been chatting with me and you know, I just said, do you have any advice? And he just said, smile, you signed up for this crap. Yeah. (laughs) You did this. Like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt smile. Like you, you did this. It's okay. Enjoy it. So yeah, that's good. (laughs) So you kind of touched on this uh, at the end of what you were sharing, Kimmy, but, and this has been something that I think we've touched on in almost every, in the last four weeks, uh, in the last two podcasts, but I just, I think it's important. I want to talk about the importance of praying and worship during fasting. Um, so it's important. It's important. <laughs> Next question. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So um, I'll just, uh, just share specifically myself. Um, Last week, I just was going through some doubt. Like I can, I'm t- tend to be the person. Like I just want really big things. I want to see them now. Like I expect to see God in the earthquake or the fire or the mm-hmm. windstorm, and He's the gentle whisper. Yeah, yeah. And so I overlook those gentle whisper moments. Like no, like God has been moving. Like this person at church said this, and you know I see these things in my own family, but um, I get caught up in like wanting this big thing happening. And it wasn't happening. And so doubt sets in. I was feeling a little discouraged, sad, whatever. I'm thinking, am I doing it wrong? You know, all those things that that immediately tries to, uh, you know, lies just to get you to stop what you're doing. Um, And so I was just like, I need to pray with people. I just, I, I just need to pray Mm -hmm. um, with people. And so I just asked, you know, you guys here to pray with me last Thursday at noon and we went in the prayer room and someone else was in there. So that was fun. They got to be a part of it. And, um, it just did my spirit. It's it just what I needed. Yeah, I needed to gather together and pray and we had worship music playing. Um, so yes, pray and worship. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 
you know, we, we say it a lot. It's, it's a unique experience Mm -hmm. and and even it's unique to your own individual moments, moment to moment. Um, You talk about the still small voice. I mean, one of my prayers that I feel like I'm constantly uttering is basically get me out of my own head. Mm. Like I, I'm just like overthinking so much and I'm dwelling on this thing so much get me out of my head and I want you in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even if it's just repeating that, you know, um, in the small moments of your day, uttering a prayer, taking an hour of dedicated time and praying, that's fine. But sometimes it's the ongoing like conversation yep. where if people were in your head, they would go, you're a crazy person, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but that's what's going on in my head. And I would just encourage you if you're, you're listening or watching, keep it simple like keep it and kiss keep it simple stupid it it does not have to be complicated our my daughters have on their own decide well my oldest decided on her own to fast from screens and then our second reluctantly (laughs) went along with her yeah and and last night our our youngest came up like i want to play my game boy so bad she's like how many days and i'm like okay so we can't do screens. So how about what could we do to give our time back to God? She's like, well, let's listen to worship music. Clean so the we, kitchen. We put, we put <laughs> worship music on, you know, through our house. We have a couple smart speakers and, and we just sat in the living room on our couch and, and just listened to worship music and sang along. My girls love to sing. And, uh, it, I mean, it wasn't, we didn't do anything crazy. It was just, Hey, we, this is time that we wouldn't have given to God before. So how do we give it to him now? Mm-hmm. And it was just a really fun time. Like nothing magical happened. My daughters didn't say, you know, th- you know, thank you so much for doing that dad. Or that was incredible. But it, it was just really cool to get to be a part of that. And not only that to in that moment go, yeah, I'm not doing anything to give my time to God right now. Mm-hmm. So I'll join in with you girls. So yeah, someone um, from the warehouse, a, a fifth grade boy, I was having a conversation with him and he was telling me that same thing. He and his mom had given up TV and his dad and younger brother gave up sweets and dessert or something like that. And so he was just telling me, I was like, so what do you do when you want to watch TV? And he was like, well, we've been, we've been praying a lot more and um, we'll open up the Bible and read it. And, you know, I'm sure they're like not reading chapters upon chapters for hours at a time. It was just right. like, um, he, he was doing what we recommended. Like, okay, if you feel tempted, like open up your Bible, read yeah. a scripture, pray. And it just blessed me so much. But he was also talking about all the fun things he's making out of modeling clay. And, yeah. um, you know, he, so in place of TV, he's also finding other things, yeah. other interests. And, um, it was just a really cool conversation just to see kids join in on this. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Uh, my question for you is, what if I fast and I don't feel anything? So I'm assuming you're asking, what if I don't feel anything like spiritually? Spiritually, okay. yeah. So this goes back a little bit to what I was talking about with consider that like, consider it awesome. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Because not only is our culture obsessed with being painted verse. We're also obsessed with living off our feelings Mm. and our feelings lie to us all the time. Yeah. Amen. Um, 
so consider it an opportunity to experience that like call it what you want like i don't feel anything nothing magical has happened and go but i'm i'm still gonna move forward with this yeah because there's going to be a lot of times in life when you just don't feel like doing something i mean we all have kids i need you to do this i don't feel like it didn't ask you that (laughs) didn't ask you you felt like doing dishes you got to do them um and there are things in our own life spiritually where there's times i don't feel like doing it but i i try to and sometimes i listen to my feelings but i try to go i'm just going to do it anyways yep because i know it's either commanded by god or i know that like this is something that jesus himself did so i'm going to do it anyways and just keep moving forward to see what happens because yeah you might not feel anything mm-hmm. yep i mean you talked about this a little bit like you you have some specific things mm-hmm. that you feel like aren't happening yeah and that's a really frustrating place to be in but also knowing again going back to the seven years in prison yeah i mean you might not right. in the three-week period yeah it might just be that I'm just being obedient yeah. during that yeah. time. And maybe years later, maybe a prayer will be answered that mm-hmm. I had from that or maybe not, but it's just, yeah, you're just being obedient and okay, I'm going to draw closer to God mm-hmm. and that's all I'm going to desire. Even though I have this other, you know, yeah. my own. It's wants. okay to have wants and needs. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a great word is just obedience. And mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're in that boat, count it a joy. And also continue to be obedient to what you feel like God has asked and led you to do during this season and, and keep marching forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is our last question for today, but how, how can I encourage others as they fast? So, you know, I think especially now during this season, we're having a lot of conversations, you know, on Sundays or maybe out in our community or at Walmart um, ask people how they're doing or, or whatever, but h- how do, how can we, or how can someone who's listening encourage a brother and sister here at church that are, that are fasting? Yeah. I kind of, I've been thinking about this last day or so because we've had this conversation and I, I'm not, I don't want anybody to feel bad. You know, if you've asked somebody, Hey, how you feeling? You know, cause it's, I think it's pretty natural for us to be curious about that. And concerned. People are concerned. Yeah, yeah people get concerned. Uh, so two questions that kind of I, in my mind, I'm like, I'll, I want to try to ask these more is, is there anything I can pray for you mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Like that's simple. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, if it's somebody you know is participating in this fast with us, hey, is there anything heavy on you that I can mm-hmm. help pray for? Um, the other one is, how have you seen God working in your life? Mm-hmm. I think just asking a couple of different questions to really, to maybe help take the focus off the food mm-hmm. yep. and keep that intimacy with Christ as like the thing mm-hmm. and helping people achieve that as well. Um, it's amazing when you ask somebody, Hey, is there anything I can pray for? Even random people. Yeah. Like even people who, don't believe in God or they don't really know you. They're, they're always kind of taken back by that question. And it's like, 
they usually have something. Yeah. yeah they're usually open to it. Yeah. They they have something in their life that sucks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you could. So I, I don't know. Those are two questions that popped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can I pray for you? And how do you see God working mm-hmm. during this time? Yeah. yeah. Just taking the focus off of the food that you're not eating or the screens that you're not watching. Or, yeah. Because yeah. that that's the point. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is to take our focus off of something that we enjoy or we spend a lot of time doing or maybe we love Mm -hmm. and giving it over to God. So how do we, even when we ask people how they're doing, not focus on the thing, but focus on what Mm -hmm. God's doing. I also get the, I get the intrigue Mm -hmm. uh, because I am like your friend. Like I'm very intrigued by what the body does physiologically. Sure. Like, you know, I've done a ton of nerd research on, what is physiologically happening mm-hmm. because it's just really interesting to me. And I, I get that. I had a friend text me, I want to say a couple of days ago. It was a cool text. It was simple. Um, I, you know, last week, uh, it was a little rougher week. I had a, a childhood friend who passed away and had a funeral and, um, you know, he just sent me a text like, Hey, I know last week was probably kind of rough. And then on top of what you're doing, mm-hmm. how you doing? And like, I I just appreciated that simplicity. I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've also had uh, a couple friends that knew I was doing this, just reach out and that's what they'll say. Like, how are you doing and how can I pray for you today? Mm -hmm. Um, So I appreciate that. But I did want to mention, so we have this 24 seven prayer thing going as well. If you haven't been a part of that, you can still sign up. Yeah. Um, And we'll actually put a link. Okay. uh, if okay. you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a, a link that's right above okay. us that you can click right now. Um, but my reason for bringing that up is, so I signed up for a time slot and um, someone else uh, also signed up for the same time slot. And so we kind of feel like we're prayer partners yeah. for that hour. And it's been really cool. And she texted me um, just out of the blue last week, like about 10 minutes before our time was coming to pray. And she's like, you're on my mind. How can I pray for you during this hour? Um, yeah. And she just reached out to me, and it was just such a really neat blessing. And so we've been That's kind awesome. to do, we've been doing that back and forth. Um, but I wanted to share what she sent this morning, and um, I hope it's okay. I'll keep it anonymous here. But um, she sent me this text this morning, and she said, "I just want to share with you how this experience is changing my life." Um, and I don't know if she's fasting, but she's specifically talking about this, um, signing up for the prayer. I have never experienced the Holy Spirit wake me up immediately to pray. And since I have committed to pray, I seem to get up before my alarm. I believe it's because I'm battling a spiritual warfare within me and I need to pray. I have seen, I have been seeing God do some awesome things because I have been praying for healing, um, for some specific people. And she's seen, um, some results, this brings joy to my spirit. I thought I would share. Um, so that just encouraged me so yeah. much. Just again, like that's if you ask me, how do you see God moving? I'll be like, well, my friend just sent yeah. me yeah. this. It doesn't have to be specifically in my life, yeah. but God is moving in our church body and our family. And um, it just really, I just wanted to encourage you guys with that. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Yeah. And I would also encourage you, we have a portion of our website that's specifically set up for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you go to our website, uh, there's a link right at the top. It's a big orange bar. You can't miss it. And at the bottom of that page, there's a, a link that you can click 
um, to just share your story of how you've seen God working or seen God show up um, during the, these 21 days. And I would encourage you to do that because uh, these are stories that, that are incredibly encouraging to us as a staff and stories that we would love to uh, potentially share mm-hmm. with our church family of how yeah, God's, so be God's moving. Absolutely. Another thing, and I correct me if I'm wrong, because I set up the prayer calendar. So, like, I think what I see maybe is different than what. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you go to the calendar, you can see who's signed up to yep. pray for yeah. time mm-hmm. slots. Yep. So, one thing I do is I I keep it pulled up on my one of my screens, and if I happen, you know, to notice it. I see who's praying that hour and I'll just pray for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, even if it's just real quick, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe if I, if I know the person and they wouldn't be annoyed, I might shoot them a message just saying, Hey, prayed for you while you're praying, you know, just wanted you to know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that could be cool too, to pray for people while they pray. Absolutely. Kind of like that laying down ground cover while they're going yeah. into battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just a great opportunity, uh, opportunity for anybody here at our church to be able to minister yeah. to, mm-hmm. to those that are just praying on, on our church's behalf. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Uh, just one last reminder too, is that we have a prayer room here. So if you somehow did not get that message, know that there's a prayer room here. You can find all of that information on our, on our website. It's open 24 uh, seven over this 21 days of prayer and fasting. You can go in there to, to pray and play worship music. And, and we even have some, some interactive things in that room for you. So yeah. anything else? No. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us for episode three of our Thoughtful Thursday podcast. We are super excited to join you next week for episode four, where we are going to talk about what does it look like to finish well. So have an awesome day. See you.